welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Chrissy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are talking the second half of Graffiti Bridge, songs 9 through 17. We're calling this Bridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> For the first one was Graffiti, this one's Bridge? Sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Ooh, I have a little thing that I missed. A little thing that you missed. From the first eight songs. Release It was sampled in Nine Inch Nails' 1991 single, Head Like a Hole, the opal mix of that song. Had the, I think the drums from Release It in it. So it, then it technically sampled squib. What is it? Squib cake? No. Oh, maybe. That's what I mean. Because if it's just the drums, they weren't original to release it. They were sampled already. So maybe it's a double sample. It's a, They sampled it from Release It, but Release It sampled it from Squib Cakes? Whoa! It's like... Yeah, it is Squib inception. Cakes, right? Tower squib. of Power, Squib Cakes. Yeah. Right, not Squid Game, which is what I want to keep calling it, <laughs> even though I've never seen, nor will I ever see, Squid Cake. Or Squid Games. I know. Squid <laughs> <Okay>. Games. <laughs> right. It just has messed up my thinking a yeah. little bit. From what I hear... Squid Game will mess up your thinking. Oh, yeah. I thought it was fine. It was fun. I know. Would you, would you say it so enthusiastically? I think it was fine. I'm like, yeah, sign me up. Let me sit down and oh. watch this. No. I mean, it was, it's got a very. Uh, yep, I'm sold. Not watching. <laughs> Korean sort of aesthetic about it. Okay. It's not bad. It's just different than what we see in the United States sometimes. Okay. So. Anyway, that's not about this. Also, I forgot to mention another release it thing okay. that I wish I had said during our first episode when okay. we covered release it was that there are some percussion elements in release it that are taken from Bat Dance. Oh. Uh, cool. I forgot to mention it last time and hated myself a little for <laughs> a few minutes, but then got over it. But there's another opportunity to reference Bat Dance in this episode, so I will make good later on. Very cool. All right, and I thought we'd start this episode talking about the Graffiti Bridge, because Graffiti Bridge is in this set of songs that we're going to talk about today. Okay, as in the title track for the motion picture? Yeah. Yeah, and it was inspired... By an actual graffiti bridge yes, in it was. Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Correct. So I did a little looking. Okay. And Minnesota, particularly that area of Minnesota, has a lot of bike trails. Uh-huh. And to, you know, have people be able to get out and bike safely so that they're not on the roads. And it goes to railroad stations and stuff. So you can take your bike and then get on a train and go somewhere else. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, for the four months of the year that it's bike weather. Yeah, exactly. 
So the Southwest LRT Trail is a bike bridge and it crosses Valley View Road and it's where the graffiti bridge once stood. Right. It has, it's not there anymore. It's not there anymore. They made efforts to save the bridge and accommodate the needs of the community, but by 1991, that became impossible. And that bridge stood there from 1871 until they tore it down in 1991. Oh, I did not know that it was that long. Yeah, it was there for a really long time. And it was a one-lane road okay. that went under the graffiti bridge. Okay. So uh, it was just too much of a hindrance. It caused too much of a congestion, g- congestion and traffic. Yeah. And it was an issue. So the whole community came together and bid farewell to the graffiti bridge and did one last tagging and whatever and it was the cool thing about it was that the vandalism quote unquote on the graffiti bridge was almost entirely celebrations no oh, how cool it was all like happy things and a way to mark a very happy occasion okay yeah so that's why it was sort of beloved and the paint when they finally tore it down was over an inch thick oh wow yeah because it had been painted so many times mm-hmm. over 120 years yeah very cool very cool so, yeah, I can see why the graffiti bridge was a source of inspiration. Five minutes into it, and I already learned something. Very cool. Usually takes a good seven minutes before <laughs> I learn anything. All right. So that's all I have for the intro portion, because we talked about the art and stuff last week. and Right. Yeah. And we'll talk about things related to the movie and whatever in the future. Right. So, now we're going to talk about the music. Right. Yes. Right. 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 I'm so glad you agree. I concur. I've <laughs> concurred the entire time. I've done nothing but concur this episode. Oh, excellent. I, I bet that'll change, but that's okay. So, we start off with track number nine, Love Machine by The Time. Love Machine. <laughs> Originally planned for The Time's abandoned corporate world album... Prince recorded a version with Jill Jones, but this version has Morris Day and Elisa Fiorillo. Right. Uh, also thought it was interesting that um, Can- Candy Dolfler plays on this track, as she does on a lot of the time tracks on this motion picture soundtrack. And uh, the version that Prince sung with Jill Jones originally contained the line, when I need trombone, my dog is handy. When I need sax, I call candy, which oh. was later used for one of the remixes for Party Man. Oh, fun. Um, in 1989. Very cool. Kind of fun. Yeah. Boy, Elisa sounds fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she still does, but yeah. here she is, oh, 21 years yeah. old, and uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's not a very nice compliment to Morris's voice. Yeah, well, especially when Morris is basically talking yes. through this whole song where Elisa is singing uh-huh. most of it. Um, but again, another song that's credited to the time, but Prince plays every instrument uh-huh. except for the saxophone. Yes. Also reminded me when I started listening to Love Machine, there's a song called Glam Slam 91. Okay. That was uh, released, not surprisingly, in 1991 to a local radio station to celebrate the opening of the Glam Slam 
nightclub. Fun. And it uses the drum beat and a lot of elements from Love Machine. Oh, fun. So we'll include that in our probably multiple episodes covering unreleased songs from this era. Super cool. And I'm sure I will uh, go hunt that down and post a link to that on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, the mountains in the sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T M A T S podcast, or you can send us an email TMATS podcast at gmail.com. Who got out of the way, out of the way early. That today. is early. So more starts, starts us off a little sly laughter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very, Morris Day in character. Oh, yeah. There, Morris never steps out of character. Yeah. He never breaks the third wall, as we like to say in this house. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you listen to the previous episode, that'll make a little more sense. <laughs> this full of samples and like, I don't know, it's a very 90s kind of song to me with the way this is played out while Elisa sings the first chorus There is some nice instrumental moments like the guitar in the left channel from 21 seconds to 24 seconds. It's sort of easy to overlook or not hear because it's a little buried. Mm -hmm. There's a little reference to round and round. Which oh, I didn't realize that. He says it twice. I know, round and round. I said I said it round and round like you like it. Speed circular motion, round and round. I said it round and round. Like you like it. Like it like you like it. It's a little troubling of a reference to uh Tevin's song because he was talking about the world going round and round and this is the sex machine. Right. He got doing things round and round because it's pleasurable. Right, with his tongue. Yeah, yes, the 17 tongues. Right. Don't lie. You want some love that'll make you cry. 17 tongues looking from the neck down. Moving in a quick speed. Uh, I also thought Love Machine maybe was going to be like a play on James Brown's Sex Machine. Yeah. And it's not. No. So. It's a little more like the Endorphin Machine. But it's not as, you know, yeah. I mean, from a concept, what the love machine is and mm-hmm. what the endorphin machine is, yes, are far closer than what the love machine and the sex machine are. Yes. The sex machine. <laughs> the sex. Um, but yeah, musically, very, very different. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, and it's just pretty explicit. It is, in a way you don't expect, because it sounds very playful and kind of fun and maybe uh-huh. even a little innocent. Elisa has that kind of innocent girl voice. Uh-huh. And Morris plays the role of the seducer. Right. Tells her not to take a bath because the love machine will take care of it. Uh-huh. Like a car wash spitting out soap and oil. Don't bathe. The love machine cleans with a little faith. Like a car wash spitting out soap and oil. There ain't never been a kind of girl in the whole I no, I heard that and I was like, wouldn't oil make the car dirty? Dirty, but yeah, it's like oil, as in probably body oil and yes. sensual lotions that uh-huh. uh, the love machine is like a car wash that was retrofitted to turn your body out. <laughs> yes, and make you scream and shout out. Uh huh. Yep. Morris in the breakdown asked that they imagine a menage a trois. And Elisa says she's too young. Shall we imagine a menage a trois? I'm too young. Shall we imagine we're alone? And I think she's just not into it. 
because uh, she's 21, yeah, first she could, of all. Yeah. And I don't think there's a age limit or an age floor. I was going to say, maybe more of a limit. <laughs> I mean, at least for the other two people involved. Look, you're 80, and you're going to ask you to sit this one out there, chief. But I think she just, you know, maybe wasn't into it because she was of age. Right. Yeah. And it, but he wasn't even asking her to participate, actually. Yeah, imagine, just imagine it. Right. She's like, oh, I'm too young for that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That whole part that starts at two minutes and 30 seconds reminded me of Tony M and his questionnaire for Maite. In, oh, uh-huh. Is it Maite or Carmen Electra in Love to the Nines? Oh, yeah, one of them. They both sound very similar. So I think it was Carmen Electra now okay. that I think about it. But yes, like his 37 questionnaire. Uh-huh. I forget what he calls it. But yeah, this reminds me of that a lot. And then there's these like really mechanical sounding robotic keys, uh-huh. which I thought were really fun, like for the love machine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little, uh, I don't know, computer-y. Uh-huh. Yeah. As a machine. Yeah. I also wasn't quite sure why interrogation like this is required when Elisa has already sung about the toys she's got to turn his body out. Uh-huh. And Morris is like, shall we imagine a, a menage a trois? Uh-huh. Three of us in here. And she's like, I'm too young. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, just kind of a fun song, and mm-hmm. Morris again playing the lovable villain. Yes. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the movie again, because now I feel like I know Elisa a lot more than I did the last time I saw Graffiti Bridge, which I don't know how long ago it was. It could have been 20 years ago, uh-huh. last time I watched this movie. Yeah. I'm hopeful that I'll enjoy it more than the last time that I watched it. I think you kind of almost have to, because now you're... Well, at least I can appreciate the music and think of it as, okay, it's just really a long music video. Very much so. So if it doesn't make sense, do well. I'll tell you what you tell me all the time, which is suspend your disbelief. There you go. Which if you did that, then you'll, you know, many of the barriers standing in the way of enjoying Graffiti Bridge would fall down. Yes, Mm -hmm. like the Battle of Jericho. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, I'm going to think of it as, I'm going to compare it to cologne advertisements and perfume advertisements because it will undoubtedly make more sense than a perfume or cologne advertisement since those typically make no sense at all. They're all very high concept. Yeah, you could just think of it as graffiti bridge. The new scent. Spray it on your love machine. Oh, gross. (laughs) Gross. All right. Um, It's the latest fashion. Oh, geez. We're not there yet. How about Tick, Tick, Bang? Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) This one is uh, the oldest song on the album, at least in part. Right. Dates back to summer of 1981, but it was entirely re-recorded. Yeah. For Graffiti Bridge, but the original was for Vanity Six. Yeah, during the same session as Controversy. Uh huh. That's so. Yeah. This will obviously be a song that we will mix into our unreleased versions, even though it's from the Controversy era. Yeah. We'll cover it here, and we might even cover it again later in, Graf- in Graffiti Bridge in Controversy. Yeah. 
That's fine. We'll see how we feel. Yeah. Well, you know, we might have different thoughts on it at yeah. some point in the future. Yeah. It uses a sample of Little Miss Lover by the Jimi Hendrix Experience and uh, samples a song called Change the Beat Female Version by a band called Beside. Oh, I didn't know about the second one. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even know about the Jimi Hendrix Experience thing mm-hmm. until I read that from, what is it, Little Miss Lover? Uh, yes. And that's the second track on this entire soundtrack to have uncredited sampling of drums from a fairly famous uh-huh. band, Yeah. which seems to go against all things Prince stood for regarding ownership of music and payments and all oh, of that kind of stuff. Those rules were for other people, not for Prince. Right. Well, at least not for Prince in 1990. Right. But um, yeah, I was very shocked to listen to Little Miss Lover, which I had not heard before. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wow, it is so clearly straight uh, from there. Uh-huh. For I, sure. Yeah. I thought this was like Graffiti Bridges version of Darling Nikki. And if yes. I think back to what I recall of the film, which a lot of it I've tried to push out of my brain, <laughs> now I'm trying to welcome it back in. But it is, you know, he performs the song in the movie. And it's sort of one of those, oh, you're so disgust, you disgust us. That's, you uh-huh. know, he finishes and walks off, drops the mic, and you know, whoever he's singing to is like in tears or you know, uh-huh. hurt by how disgusting he is. <laughs> okay, but uh, okay, so the words I can't hold it are not inherently dirty on their own, but well, yeah, the way Prince says it from the very Beginning, super, super dirty. Oh, I can't hold it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's obvious immediately what he's talking about. Right. Yeah. Ooh, I can't hold it. Ow! I think uh, at three, or no, I'm sorry, at 32 seconds to 34 seconds, you get a taste of the, there's like what I call skidding samples that run throughout the song. Okay. Um, you can hear them really well there. Well, even before that, there's like bell-sounding keyboards and a really staccato beat and some groans and a little screaming guitar, and it's just right to start the song off. It is. And that guitar part is sampled throughout the song, too. I think Mm -hmm. that's his own guitar playing, but it's not like he plays guitar throughout the entire song. It's like this little electric guitar lick that's... Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would fit in here too, but yeah. uh, that's <laughs> sampled throughout the song too. Yes, uh, it's very of the time to call somebody a tease. Oh yeah, yeah. It's such a tease. A minute and two seconds. Prince makes some mouth sounds that imitate a bass guitar. It's like that kind of thing. Cool. Makes you wonder if he was gonna oh record add, another yeah record something else and Maybe. then decided no the mouse sounds were fine. Maybe so. Yeah. I had never been able to figure out what he's left in because every time you tick, I'd rather you bang, you live me you leave me in a fire sweat. Uh-huh. I was like I thought it was body sweat. I thought it was cold sweat, and none of it ever sounded right to me. And it wasn't until I looked up lyrics for this very episode of our podcast that uh-huh. I realized it was fire sweat, which makes sense why I could not make sense of it. Yeah. 
Well, because it's not a common term. No. I really love how the chorus uses the repetition of the phrases, and it really gives this really effective evoking of a sex bomb. Yeah. It's so fun. That's a good description. Mm -hmm. Even at... In the chorus at a minute and 42 seconds where he says, before I bang, there's an N-Y-Y-A-H moment there at a minute and 42 seconds that, all over you. And your guitar solo that's sampled throughout the whole thing, I think the most you hear of it is from a minute and 47 seconds to a minute and 53 seconds. Yeah, they're really dirty and raw. They fit there so, so well. Yes, they do. Yeah. I think uh, your comment about I can't hold it, uh-huh. how it's so coy during what I guess you would call the bridge. Ooh, I can't hold uh-huh. it. Ooh, it's getting all over me. Uh-huh. Repeats a couple times at two minutes and six seconds. Yeah. Yeah, the nastiness is, is built right in. Yeah. It's so good. He mentions uh, his hip chain. Oh, yeah. Like this chain around my hip. I want a 24K relationship. Yeah. And then follows it with the classy line, so baby, don't spit me out. Someone gave Maya Rudolph a... Prince belly chain as a gift. That's Talked right. About it's it one on that, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, one that he had actually worn, right? In the mountains video, yes. Oh. And she said it's so small, she has to wear it as a necklace because <laughs> he is so petite. She's like, there is no way I could use this as a belly chain. And she t- has a real endearing story that she told on Jimmy I Fallon about uh, having a very small infant. She was on maternity leave and mm-hmm. went to the set with her brand new baby because Steve Martin was hosting and Prince was playing and she no, yeah. was, when he was there for fury. Yeah. In she was not going to miss it. So it yeah. was very sweet. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, more guitar part is, uh, sampled, I guess you could say at three minutes and 21 seconds towards the end of the song. It's just kind of sampled and repeated as the song comes to an end. Yeah. And there's a little tongue click in there. Yeah. That was, that uh-huh. kind of thing. yeah. Yeah. It's really, like, you like your tongue clicks. I don't like my mouth noises, but I do like the tongue clicks. Yeah. yeah. And we get a real end. That's true. It's not a fade out. I like it. Yeah. Short little song. I remember hearing this for the first time in 1990. How old was I? 16, 17, something like that. Uh-huh. And I absolutely loved the song. Uh-huh. I thought it was... Not like anything I'd heard before from Prince. And I was like, man, I hope that... And I heard it from a friend of mine who gave it to me. And it was before the album came out. And I was like, wow, I hope the rest of the album sounds like this. Because it is really... It's dirty and raw uh-huh. and cool. He sings great. There's there's some innuendo, but most of it is just plain flat out dirty. Yeah. It's very, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have Shake. It's like the most dirty song on the album. It's followed by one of the most simple, fun, family-friendly dance songs on the whole album. Exactly. Shake by the time. Right. Yeah. The fifth and final single from the album. Mm -hmm. Also planned for Corporate World. Yeah. 
Um, I listen to Shake Now, and I'm like, oh, see, also Hot Summer. I uh-huh. remember listening to that. It has a kind of a repeating keyboard part that's similar to what you hear in Shake. And then... As I listened to Shake a lot, I was trying to figure out what else those drums sound like something else to me. And okay. It occurred to me that it shares drum sounds, maybe not exactly the same beat, but drum sounds with Escape, the B-side from Love Sexy that we covered, I don't know, like an episode two, two or three of yeah. The Mountains and the Sea. Uh-huh. So I went back to listen to Escape from 16 seconds to 22 seconds. If you listen to that, you can sing along with the lyrics from Shake, and it sounds like it goes right along with it. That's super fun. It's really cool. Bass. Oh, it was still a time when a girl was liberated so oh. she could ask a guy to dance. Yeah. That was what liberation meant. Yeah. Yeah. The the lyric with new liberated girl ask a guy. Uh-huh. There's a little bit of country in this song, too, or... What was our word for uh, funkabilly? Oh, yeah. A little uh-huh. bit in this, like at a minute and seven seconds. Mm-hmm. It's got a little twang to it. Okay. Um, happens again at a minute and 15 seconds and throughout the song. I like uh, Lucy standing there. <laughs> The lyrics I found online say Lucy standing there with the false hair on, but what I hear is Lucy standing there with the bought hair on. Oh, okay. Followed by Elise's, is it Elise? No, Jana Anderson singing. Do, 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 do. Uh-huh. It's kind of, it's kind of, this is like a sing along. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jana Jade from MPLS. Right. And it's Jana Anderson. She sings the backup. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, Pretty Thing Keeps Worrying About Keeping On Her Feet. That don't matter, y'all. Come on. It's like it doesn't matter if you can't, if you can't dance. Just right. shake something. It's yeah. like this isn't even a, you know, put your foot down on the one. This is uh-huh. just stand up and shake something. There's That's no, right. It's simple. There's no wrong way to do it. You can't do it wrong. That's right. Marilyn, you're not a natural dancer. Don't matter. Doesn't matter. No, Morris says get out there. Yeah, that's right. I like that uh, the backup singing is sometimes Jana, uh-huh. and sometimes it's an instrument. Oh. So you get Jana, and she sings a little backup. And then after the next line, the backup is keys and horns. Okay. After the next line, after the next two lines, the backup is guitar. Soul, 
So it's kind of interesting to see we have the what is following those lyrics. It was fun. Yeah. It was a, ne- a neat thing to notice. I'm a little surprised this wasn't a little more successful as a single, too, from the time. Mm-hmm. And I'll also say that this is the only song on the album so far that, well, actually, overall, that you can't hear an obvious Prince vocal line mm. anywhere. His, if there are Prince vocals on this, they're buried. Yeah. And maybe they're there um, in the shake chants, but it's really well hidden. And there's not, like, this is more of, like, the time and Prince's, you know, playing behind a curtain somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very fun. I enjoy this song a lot. It's always been one of my favorites. It's harmless. Yeah. It's just enjoyable. Yeah. There's nothing threatening about it. It's not about a battle. Uh Uh-huh. It's not about sex. No. It's not about... Although I guess... Oh, yeah. He hires someone. You're hired. So no one even gets fired in the song. (laughs) That's right. Someone gets a career started. Oh, excellent. During Shake in the Corporation of Morris Day. Excellent. So good for you. Morris Day, job creator. I know. He's got we gotta update his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> then we have the first single from the album, Thieves in the Temple. Six weeks prior to the album, the last track to be recorded. Recorded in February of 1990. It samples the Chambers Brothers, I Can't Stand It. And I didn't know that either. I went looking. I'm like, where? I know it's not Prince playing harmonica, even though in the video he kind of mimes it. Uh-huh. Um, did not know that it was a Chamber Brothers song. But again, you listen to it, and it is more than obvious mm-hmm. that it was lifted from there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Herbie Hancock did an instrumental version on his 1996 jazz album, The New Standard. Did not know that either. Uh, yes. And... The scream uh-huh. from Thebes in the Temple was sampled by Eddie Murphy in his song, What's Up With You, which featured Michael Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I am also proud to say I've never heard that either. <laughs> it's, but I will go. You're talking about the very melodramatic scream at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think your face is great. Let me do it again in case somebody wants to sample it and it will be here (laughs) for them. So if you could be quiet for a minute. (laughs) Great. You got my permission to use that? (laughs) Wherever. Go ahead. Yep. (sighs) Maybe I'm going to record my own version of Tick, Tick, Bang and I'll put that at the end. Oh. (laughs) Okay. I remember this song coming out. I went and bought the cassette single Uh that slid into a little cardboard sleeve. And I was so into Dungeons and Dragons at the time. Now, this was 1990, friends, so it was not like... There were computer games. There were Dungeons and Dragons then, but this was like paper, pencil, and Dungeon Masters and that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is what got my friend John like to kind of listen to Prince a little bit. I was like, Thieves in the Temple. It uh-huh. sounds like a Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons like uh, mission, or uh-huh. what do you call them? Uh, campaign. Campaign. Thank uh-huh. you. Yes. And six weeks, I remember them, the single coming out and then, you know, from the forthcoming album, Graffiti Bridge. And I'm like, six weeks? Are you crazy? (laughs) And that is relatively short for, you know, like a big Uh movie uh, movie or a big star to release a single. Now what Adele releases a single and it's like, oh, in five months, my album will be out. You can buy it then. (laughs) 
I'm like, okay, great. I'll prepare myself for February since it's October now. Uh-huh. Those are my <laughs> recollections of uh, Thieves in the Temple. Yeah. Prince told Rolling Stone that he preferred writing from a mindset of joy, but that Thieves in the Temple was written from anger. Yeah. Yeah. He was an angry man when he wrote this. Okay. I don't know what he was angry about, but... Well, it sounds like perhaps a girlfriend cheating on him. Uh-huh. Or, well, we'll get there. Okay. And then it did very well. It was number one on the Billboard R&B Hip Hop chart. Yeah. And number six on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. Probably helped greatly by his previous album, the mm-hmm. Batman Motion Picture Soundtrack. So this was the first single from Prince since uh, whatever was heard on the radio last from Batman. And people were still singing Bad Dance and, yeah. you know, jamming to that when this appeared. Yes, for sure. Very unique percussion, piano, synth intro to the song that mm-hmm. is unlike anything else on this entire record, which I really liked. I think the build of the song and almost uh, acapella singing by Prince mm-hmm. is really great. Yeah, it's got a little Middle Eastern influence with the bells and the drums and... It does. And I think this is part of what gave Prince and Maite the notion that they were meant to be because the Uh concert at which Thieves in the Temple was first played in full is also the concert where they met. Where they met. And it has those kind of sounds to it. Uh They were there. Yeah. So speaking of Batman. Okay. If you go back and listen to Electric Chair, the little breakdown at the end of Electric Chair from three minutes and 40 seconds to three minutes and 47 seconds. You will hear the drum sound that is in Thieves in the Temple throughout the entire thing. Oh, super cool. Totally the same uh, drum sound effect. Very cool. Mm -hmm. I love the love come quick, love come in a hurry. That made me think of, you know, what I said in our last episode of Rolling Stone's review of Graffiti Bridge, like that Prince, one of pop's greatest actors, comes off Uh as desperately real. If there's anywhere where he sounds very real and very desperate, it's in this song. Super fair. So he says, there are thieves in the temple tonight. And I was like, so the thieves in the temple are a lover's betrayal, maybe? Yeah. But actually, I listening to it really closely, that's kind of what I always thought. But now that I listen to it closely, I think it's more his own jealousy. Like his jealousy is the thief there to steal the joy out of him, his temple. And that's why he calls for his love to come, love come quick, love come in a hurry, mm-hmm. is because if she's with him, uh-huh. then he's not jealous of what else she might be doing. He knows where she is and what she's doing. It's not that necessarily 
that she's with someone else with someone else cheating on him or betraying him in some way it's he she might be but when they're not together his jealousy is the thief that okay. he that she may or may not be cheating but when he's with her he's happy and he knows she's not cheating well, that sounds like a very Prince thing to write about mm-hmm. and have a mental state about. Yes. Um, I had always thought of it as uh, the way you did at first. With yeah. Love come quick, love come in a hurry. I thought it was almost a call to his savior because he's looking for his soul uh-huh. like a poor man looking for gold. Love is often sung about and it's sung on this album as kind of a replacement word for God. Right. Um, but I do see what you're saying too, that it's his, his own internal strife that mm-hmm. is stealing the love from the relationship. And to his credit, if that's the case, he's trying to overcome it. Right. And it's not immediately going to, you cheated on me, you're out of my life. Right. And it's all your fault too, by the way. Right. Which is also a very Prince thing to sing and write and think about. But For that's, sure. that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Love, if you're there, come save me from all this cold despair. I can hang when you're around, but I'll surely die if you're not. Love, if you're there, come save me from all this cold despair. I can hang when you're around, but I'll surely die if you're not there. They're consumed by the jealousy if she's not there with yeah. him. Yeah, It's kind of... Now that I'm reading it a little more closely, maybe it's it could be that it could be a betrayal, a literal betrayal by a partner, yeah. but it could also be jealousy, jealousy, his own internal struggle. Yeah. Well, again, I think that that's good songwriting mm-hmm. uh, where it's yeah. a little unclear. It could mean a couple different things very easily. One obvious and one once you start thinking about it in a different way, which is also... Sounds somewhat obvious. Mm -hmm. So credit to you and Mm. credit to Prince for some good songwriting here. Yeah. Well, and I thought that also, it also kind of fit with Prince's typical songwriting. Voices from the sky say rely on your best friend to pull you through. Mm -hmm. But even if I wanted to, I couldn't really truly because my only friend is you. Voices from the sky say rely on. a kind of pressure that he's put on relationships yeah. frequently. You've got to do it all. You've got to be everything to me. Yeah. I need you to be my best friend and my lover and my partner and my musical equal and but also understand that sometimes I'm going to have to devote myself just to my music and you're going to be okay with that and Yeah, I mean Prince was an all-in kind of guy. I can't mm-hmm. really think of a project that he only halfway did, you know, it yeah. was either we're doing it or we're not, or maybe we're doing it and then I'll cancel the whole thing. Yeah. Because there's something else happening now. It's very in the moment, everything or nothing, like you said, binary in a previous episode. Uh-huh. Very much yeah. so. So after uh, that, because my only friend is you, is where that harmonica sample from I Can't Stand It on the Chambers Brothers song, um, about a minute and 42 seconds 
Um, but I would say listen to the guitar work going on behind the harmonica sample. Also, yes, that buried guitar really is cool. amazing. Yeah. And at a minute and 59 seconds, there's the percussion effect. straight from bat dance if you listen to bat dance from 49 seconds to about 52 seconds you will hear the same percussion effects that you hear in thieves no, in the time. well it definitely borrows effects from bat dance very cool and like i said before electric chair so you can kind of see where these eras are overlapping and blending together a tad because mm-hmm. um, I think Graffiti Bridge was always next on Prince's mind, but the opportunity to do another soundtrack for a Batman album was just uh, too much to not do. Right. You know, it was with the label that he was already on. Yep. Love Sexy was not a great commercial success and Bat Dance was a way to, you know, get a lot of commercial backing behind Mm -hmm. an album quickly yeah and play with basically every theme prince plays with anyway dark and light love and hate Mm -hmm. yeah and then just after that he says because me and you could have been a work of art so there's a longing for what could have been if that if there was no jealousy and or betrayal in this Um, But it's also this idealized version that is pretty typical Uh in Prince writing. It is. And the way it's delivered and the way it sounds, it gave me some Van Gogh vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, some deep thinking, Uh too. It's like his soul is talking here. It is very open and transparent, to Mm -hmm. his credit. Even... um, you don't hear this in a Prince song a lot, like asking for to have the strength to be better, mm-hmm. not finding flaws in someone else, uh-huh. but, you know, love, please help me be a better man, better than the thieves in the temple tonight. You don't hear Prince's calls for self-improvement. Or, you know, strength. Right. Emotional strength. And that's why I think, too, that maybe it's an argument for his own jealousy being the thieves in the temple. Yeah, let me get over my own Uh insecurities. Right. I want to be better than these thieves. I want to be better than this jealousy that I'm feeling. You have me convinced. Okay. The reason I felt like it was betrayal a little bit is here towards the end when he screams behind... Uh-huh. The chorus again, you know, at two minutes and 55 seconds. You said you love me. Uh-huh. You lie. Yeah. You said I was your baby. You're supposed to take care of me. Uh-huh. They were lies, yeah. Uh huh. Well, and again, I think that that might be you lie. That's a, a maybe a symptom of his own jealousy, right? Yeah, it could be she literally lied to him. It could be that 
he can't believe a truth that his partner is telling him yeah. because his own jealousy has clouded his judgment so completely. This song is way deeper than I recall the movie uh, being and <laughs> yes. way more honest and more real than the movie is. It almost doesn't even fit here, you know, from a soundtrack perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thankful that it is. It was the last song recorded for the album, like you said. And um, I mean, a, a slam dunk for a single, which uh, was kind of rare, especially later in Prince's career when he got to call a little more of the shots as uh-huh. far as what singles were. Yeah, he picked the songs that he liked the best, but they weren't necessarily the most commercial. Yeah, and that was a great radio-friendly song with some meaning behind it. And, uh, you know, if there's any song that anyone listening to the radio back in 1990 could identify as a print song, I think this would be it. Mm-hmm. Man, it's an alternating battle between the time and Prince. <laughs> That's right. Here, you got Love Machine with the time. You've got Tick, Tick, Bang, Prince. Uh, Shake by the time. Thieves in the Temple by Prince. And now the latest fashion. I think it's listed as the time featuring Prince. Is that with, correct? Yeah, featuring or with. Okay. Depending on who wrote it and when. I think oh. if you'd read about it back then, uh-huh. it would be the time with Prince. Uh-huh. And now they don't use artist with artist they use artist featuring artist never so. really understood that like the, the beginning of saturday night live does that so it's yeah. starring and uh-huh. then there's you know all these people starring and featuring yeah and then, like what is why why but it's a pay scale i know it's pay I don't scale know but one. like featuring sounds like they're there more as a upsc- guest yeah you know, almost more upscale though to me too but because right. it's long after uh-huh i assume that's not the case I have no idea. It's my lack of my lack of dramatic background. <laughs> what do I know? Uh, is the B side to Shake? Yeah, yeah. And it was offered to Dale Bazio for yeah. her album Riot in English, but she refused it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. It samples three other songs by the time: "The Walk," "The Bird," and "My Summertime Thing." I'm not sure that it's samples it but it certainly mentions it i don't know that it's directly lifted because i saw that and went back and listened to is it the walk uh-huh. um and jelly bean don't be so mean uh-huh. is in the walk but it's not a sample in the okay fashion. so maybe it's like, rather it's than a reference maybe they're yeah they're references rather than samples yeah okay that would be how i would describe it okay if i were in charge well on this podcast sure Okay. You can be in charge of that. Great. We've got Candy Dolfer back on here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other guests, including Jerome and Robin Powell, Power and uh, Michael Koppelman, who had crowd noise parts in the Batman motion picture soundtrack also. Mm-hmm. Do you remember listening to tapes of me as a kid and my dad? Yes. My dad would... Uh, set up the tape recorder and record my sister and I when we were like five, like kindergarten age. And he would start recording and be like, okay, Josh, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Uh-huh. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready too. Okay. Let me ask if my duck is ready. Are you ready? Dad? Yeah. My duck says he's ready. Okay. That's what I think of right here. <laughs> Fellas, are we ready? And Jerome says, do you believe we are ready? <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, yeah! Hit 
Yeah, it's so like cute. It is cute. Yeah. Prince is in the background at the very beginning. Ooh. <laughs> Other songs and time references are all over this thing. I mean, yeah. Morris says, what time is it? Uh-huh. And then did you hear someone in the background? <laughs> it's killing time. Yes. <laughs> that's true from Jerome. But before funny. that, yount. It's killing time, Mois. I know that's right, because I am the latest. And Yaunt is uh-huh. a track on the Times album Pandemonium. Oh, fine. So if you're going to mention the walk and the bird, you got to mention Yaunt. Because the whole <laughs> title of the song is in here. Yeah. It's so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Morris Day has his joyful villain laugh, which is oh, so yeah. fun. Oh, yeah, lots of times uh-huh. in this. And then there's Prince's voice doing, go Morris, go Morris, go Morris. And you don't hear Prince chanting on other artists very much. No. Let alone from a soundtrack where they're supposed to be enemies. Yeah. This reminded me of like the one song from a play, you know, a musical where everyone comes out and sings together Uh and for a moment we can have some playful fun Uh with one another. Sure. And if that's what they were thinking about, then... Good for them. Otherwise, if you don't suspend your disbelief, then this is ridiculous Uh from start to finish. Yeah. So what is the latest fashion? It's not clothes. No, no. no. It's to lie in the heat of passion. Of course it is. (laughs) And I know it just means to lie there, not to do anything else. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's what it is. (laughs) There is some great left channel guitar playing under the first two lines of the chorus at 46 seconds. This year, the latest fashion is to lie in the heat of passion. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sing it. Okay. Just listen to it. Christy's playing it (laughs) underneath us right now. (laughs) Don't make me sing it. (laughs) I never do. I know. (laughs) You don't. So Prince gets a shot. It's verse two. People tell us what we want to hear. This time the tables have turned mm-hmm. is Prince. And yes. it's hard to distinguish that sometimes. They yeah. sound a little alike. Uh-huh. People tell us what we want to hear. This time the tables have turned. Probably very much on purpose. Right. I told you I heard something in the car this morning. And this is it. When Prince sings, this time the tables have turned, and there's a background chant going, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tables have turned. This time. And that is lifted from the line, number two, the very beginning of an unreleased song from Love Sexy. Makes sense because a lot of these songs were recorded around 87, 88. Uh huh. And that is lifted directly from the line. Okay. Very cool. He shouts out Jelly Bean. Jimmy Jam. And tells Cowboy he's fired. You're fired. 
What does he say? Jimmy Jam. I hear Jelly Bean, Don't Me So Mean, Uh, that's from The Walk. Uh-huh. At four minutes and 12 seconds in The Walk, Okay. By the way. Okay. Oh, there's the chant. Jam, Jimmy, Jam, Jimmy, yeah. Jam. That's what you're talking about. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought that he was like... I was like... He called him out. big in there and... Yeah, like, but it's not like uh-huh. him saying Jelly Bean on his own. No, right. And then, do you, is Cowboy anybody? There's I Cowboy in the middle. Yeah, Cowboy in the, the middle. Ca- cowboy in the middle gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> poor you poor fired. guy. Yeah. You'd think if you were in the middle, you'd have some job security. Right. But, but no. no. I don't know why he yells, Cowboys, or Cowboy, whatever, you're fired. I have yeah. no idea. Or maybe it's a reference to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis getting fired from the time. Oh, okay. Back in the day. How about... If we're going to say that they sample the walk, which I don't think they do, there's also the line mentioned, the bird, uh, yount, uh-huh. uh, oak tree. Okay. Yep. I like that. Oak tree from Morris's solo album, which was famously oh. made fun of by Prince on the parade tour. He would mention the oak tree. And we got to chop that tree down. Chop! <laughs> and you know the band would hit, chop again. <laughs> he would go nuts chopping down the oak tree. And... Chili sauce. Yes. Uh-huh. Excellent. Get ready. Chili sauce from Ice Cream Castles. They sample the unreleased song Murph Drag or mention it. Tell me what dance to do. It starts with an M. Murph uh-huh. Drag. Yeah. Also an unreleased time song. Okay. Shortly after that, I ain't through yet. Band. Walk. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Sampled from or referencing the bird. All fun. You don't realize the kind of culture that they have built for the time, all these references uh-huh. that they can make to themselves. And uh-huh. if you listen to their music, you know what they're right. calling out. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it just sounds fun if you don't know. But if you do know, there's a yeah. hey. layer of Easter eggs that's pretty fun. Yeah. 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 Then Prince raps to us at yeah. three minutes and eight seconds. A really abrupt transition there. And then, uh, you know, Prince's music is now literally the all we need, not just for entertainment, but for healthcare. And I'm the cure for any disease, because ain't nobody funk li- funky like me. Right. Like the saving power of funk. Oh, thank you. Something <laughs> needs to turn I mean, our healthcare if, system around. I was around. just going to say, well, okay, I you guess know. we'll have to take our healthcare any way we can get it. Yeah. This also reminds me, as a child... Not because of this song, but I used to think that a heart attack was a heart attack. Oh. And here Prince is, I'm back and I'm harder than a heart attack. Uh-huh. I'm harder than a heart attack. I always heard <laughs> adults and grown-ups it. call it, I remember like a neighbor of ours had a heart attack when I was in grade school. Uh-huh. And I remember being in the backyard and hearing about it. I was like, oh, a heart attack. Oh. But what I was saying was a hard attack. attack. H-A-R-D. Uh-huh. I'm like, wonder what 
what, what that is. Oh, uh, poor I little Josh. I didn't understand it. Oh, nobody sat me down to tell me the difference. No. Thank goodness for Prince, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. Then we get a pretty much proper end. Yeah, you get yeah. a proper end and a little uh, blending into yeah. the next track. Mm-hmm. Melody Cool. That's right. The third single from the album. The earliest recording released from Paisley Park Studios. Right. With the music. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, basically recorded during the Sign of the Times era. Mm hmm. Okay. Same time that version two of Big Tall Wall was recorded, which okay. was released on Sign of the Times Super Deluxe. Very fun. Yeah. So Melodies are matriarch of the. Exactly. Of course, have we mentioned this is Mavis Staples? No, we didn't. Thank you. Um, so Prince sings uh, all of the vocals, plays all the instruments except for uh, the steels on background vocals and Mavis Staples leading the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said like a matriarch, and I was I wrote down Mavis is like the Maya Angelou of the Prince universe. Oh, there She's you a go. Sage, uh, you know, mother or grandmother type figure, uh-huh. depending on your perspective. And she's also disruptive and has been since birth. Her sound destroying tidal waves accompanied her entrance Whew. to the world. Yeah. When I was born, there were tidal waves. She's like, I'm here to mix stuff up. I'm going to shake it up. You don't just get to do your normal stuff. We're going to make some changes. Yep, them changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Prince's voice is sampled throughout this thing, too, saying melody Mm -hmm. and ow and ar. (laughs) Melody, ow, ar. You can hear it throughout the entire song. I love, I think... When someone asks me what my favorite number is, I think from now on I'm going to say a mini. Because a mi- I've many. seen a many bridges in my time and crossed <laughs> every one of them with no trouble at all. I've seen a many bridges in my time and crossed every one of them with no trouble at all. Yay. Yeah, she is by far the parent. Yes. Of, she reminds me of our dog. Keeping a puppy visiting our house in line. Uh, yes. I was here long before you. If you're good, I'll love you, but I'm nobody's fool. I'm Melody Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, yep. I was here long before you. If you're good, I will love you, but I'm nobody's fool. I'm Melody Cool. There's some more lyrics about watching out for the sinister ministers. She sings, well, now everybody running around talking about saving souls when they know good plenty. Well, they got enough trouble trying to save their own. Yeah. Well, now everybody running around talking about saving souls. When they know good plenty, well, they got enough trouble trying to save their own. Yep, yep. Then New Power gets a shout out. Oh yeah, A new rich- power, wave your hand. New power, wave your hand. Everybody sing all across the land. Say, hey, hey, hey. Uh huh. Recognition of it as of it as a group of people. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Yeah, I also thought that was a subtle nod that Melody is on Team Prince. Y- yes. You know, she's yeah. not there to uh, help Morris and his crew. Well, she is, but only if they're 
going to head in the right direction, which is Prince's direction. Right. Yeah. She's going to bite him on the nap of the neck and put him in the right corner. (laughs) That's right. Knock him over. Mm -hmm. Growl at him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I do like her. I mean, I think she's a good singer. Good speaking parts, too. I mean, as far as like a character in a musical, Mm -hmm. this one was... I don't know, yeah. pretty successful to me. I can see, you know, she's out on her balcony talking to the rest of the cast about getting their act together. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a piece of good advice. And I do get paid for counseling. <laughs> That's right. She has a job other than singing. That's right. We know her profession. Yeah. Let me give you a piece of good advice. And I do get paid for counseling. <laughs> it ain't no big odds and little Yeah, that advice is uh, the individual is not more important than other people. It ain't no big I's and little U's in my life. Right. That's right. Excellent. Yeah. I I enjoyed Melody Cool. Yeah, me too. And it was neat that, um, you know, Prince has got some young cats on the scene with Tevin Campbell and other, you know... Up and coming artist. Elisa Fiorillo was young at the time. Right. And then there's George Clinton and uh-huh. Melody Cool. So he's really starting Mavis to build Staples. a... Oh, what did I say? Melody, Melody Cool. Her real name is Mavis Staples. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, he's building a kind of a Motown of his uh, inspiration uh-huh. um, and also up-and-coming talent, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of admirable. You know, he certainly could have made it all about him because he knew right. how to do that, but he was bringing young and old and, uh-huh. uh, you know, trying to help, at least in George Clinton's case, help kind of settle some rough seas in their personal lives, too, uh-huh. by um, bringing them into Paisley Park. So, yeah, I'm good with it. Super cool. Then we have Still Would Stand All Time, ballad. Most definitely mm-hmm. a ballad. Background vocals from The Steels, The Time, and Jill Jones. Yeah, which I didn't know that Jill sang on this. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also interesting for me to read on Prince Vault that uh, it was considered at one point for inclusion on the Batman motion picture soundtrack, but oh. was replaced by Scandalous. If you listen oh, to Scandalous, yeah. it's got mm-hmm. a doorbell kind of ring at the start uh-huh. of it. If you listen to Still Would Stand All Time, it kind of has this clock sound to it. Uh-huh. Um, they aren't all that different. Okay. Right. You get a little harp that's kind of mm-hmm. angelic sounding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prince played this live on August 19th in the Netherlands, uh, early on, like after its conception. Okay. And... <laughs> There's a part in it as he's singing along where one of the background singers, I believe it was Bonnie Boyer, is singing Still Will Stand All Time. Oh. And he stop. He doesn't stop, but he yells out, who's the fool singing Will? It's Wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's at six minutes Oops. and nine seconds on this circulating, uh, it's called the Trojan Horse After Show. Okay. Um, just kind of funny. Of your hair. Singing wheel is wood. Time would stand still. Yes, it 
There's also some creepy sound effects similar to others here with us at about six seconds in the song. And then really pretty piano playing from seven seconds to 25 seconds that kind of plays the verses of the song before the verses start. Okay. phrase it's just around the corner was said by Ingrid Chavez a lot of times in Graffiti Bridge Uh huh. and it's the lead off verse or lyric in this song it's just around the corner it's just around the this is the second song on this soundtrack that's not only a ballad but a ballad to God yep is interesting. It's that underlying theme in Graffiti uh-huh. Bridge that was supposed to be, you know, religious level deep. Uh-huh. But manifesting itself in a battle of the bands. Yeah. Yes. It's just kind of a weird mix of things, but okay. Uh-huh. Well, speaking of that sort of like religious sort of thing that, you know, it's common for Christian People to have the the end times are coming. Heaven on earth is near. Yeah. And I did appreciate that when men will fight injustice instead of one another, uh-huh. that that would be the time that we would have heaven on earth. Which I was like, oh, I can kind of appreciate that. Of course, where does injustice come from? Men. People. Yeah, human beings. Yeah. So uh, you can't exactly fight injustice without also fighting a person because injustice is perpetuated primarily by people. It can be perpetuated by institutions, but only because people set up those institutions. Sure. Yeah. It's a little snake eating its tail kind of thing going yes. on there. Right before that, I wanted to point out when the snare drum comes in at a minute and 37, 36 seconds, I noticed that it's a little bit behind the beat. Ah, oh, just hear, enough to turn you on? I don't know if that's the meaning <laughs> here, but it definitely does. Yeah. There's some pretty flute. And I looked it up, and that was sampled from Andre Previn and the London Symphony Orchestra. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stealing in this album. Uh-huh. For one, for an album that is sort of like trying to tell you to do the right thing and live your life right. Right, we put it together there's some, by... There's some thievery <laughs> going on, and it's not just by people in a temple. That's right. There are some corners cut to get to the final <laughs> album here. And he has such faith, but he's still asking for a sign. Love, oh love, you just please give us a sign. That's right. Like... 
Okay, well, do you need a sign or do you have the faith? Don't question Prince Christine. No. <laughs> I mean. And then it gets real gospely sounding. It does. Very, uh, yeah, very gospely sounding. Mm-hmm. And we do get a proper end. You get a proper end. And this is, I mean, I hate to compare Graffiti Bridge and Purple Rain because they're not really comparable. But if they're going to market it as the sequel to Purple Rain, then I get to do this. And I thought this song is like the Purple Rain of Graffiti Bridge. This is the song that uh, helps Prince finally win everyone over. He finishes it in the movie, and he kind of puts his arms out like, that's all I got. Uh I hope that you like it. Aren't I cute? Love me. Tell me I'm wrong. Not that that's exactly what happened when he performed Purple Rain, but those were the two songs that won over Uh not only the manager of you know first avenue but all the rival bands were like the kid is all right the kid is all right (laughs) and then we well it's almost rounding out the album nearly nearly the second to last track but really the last of final song right is the title song graffiti bridge correct Mm -hmm. it's the earliest released recording with prince vocals from paisley park studios yeah i love these distinctions yeah we can't even get like oh this is the earliest paisley park song right not that simple not that simple because prince used stuff all over the place that's right yeah Claire Fisher provided some orchestral arrangement for this track, but Prince didn't end up using what he made for this track. He used the string arrangements from Fisher that were created for Killing at the Soda Shop by Jill Jones. Which we covered about a year ago as part of our not included in Sign of the Time Super Deluxe Uh Edition. So I wonder if that was frustrating for Claire Fisher. I mean, obviously a professional musician, orchestrator. I did what you asked me to on this song and you went and used something that I gave you years ago. Years ago. Maybe it wasn't quite that long ago since this was uh, well, a few years ago. Yeah. For a different song altogether. Like, would you just like take my <laughs> advice? Quit, quit sending me that shit. <laughs> So the whole cast kind of comes out for this one. Prince vocals and instruments, Tevin Campbell's on it, Mavis Staples is on it. Morris Day is spared. He's not on it at all. Uh, yeah. And nor is George Clinton. Yeah. He's got a cup to pee in. <laughs> well, and I I mean, you say that about Claire Fisher, but at the same time, the orchestral arrangement at the beginning of this has a real movie vibe, like an old classic sort of movie vibe to yeah. it. So I can see why he chose that. And if he didn't tell Claire Fisher, hey, I want a classic movie vibe sound. Which I'm sure was not his instruction. It was like, do what you think is right here. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he would review it. Yeah. You know, it was not that long ago, five years prior, that everybody's looking for the latter. Uh Uh-huh. And now here we are with everybody's looking for love. Everybody wants to find Graffiti Bridge. I mean, mm-hmm. Prince knows what people want. <laughs> that is that much is for certain. That's right. But I kind of feel like the song launches. You know, it's got a little drum beat at the beginning, and then it's like, oh, it's it's like it's like we are the world. Okay. The very thing Prince stayed out of because uh-huh. you know everyone's voices get 
It was like too many people for okay. it to be good. Okay. You know what this sounds like to me is it sounds like the very typical musical song. Yes. Like from musical theater yep. where we're going to wrap everything up with this sweet little bow and yep. everybody's going to come on stage and get to sing a little bit. And yes, I can see how it so. would work in a Broadway play. My at the end of my notes here, it says this might be great as a show tune, and maybe I just don't like show tunes, <laughs> um, which is definitely the case. Yes, um, but yeah, I mean, for for what it is, which I think is exactly what you're saying, it's meant to be this. Uh, we all came together and kumbaya, but that doesn't necessarily make it great, right? Yes, that's for sure. He says it's a bridge of many colors. And it kind of brought to mind Joseph and his brightly colored coat from the Bible to me. Like, that's kind of what he's going for is that this is a religious allegory sort of situation. So it makes sense that they would do that. And even the graffiti bridge is a place of celebration and a reason to believe in heaven because right. it's a joyful place. So, yeah, I'm not arguing with the message at all. I no. guess it's the method of delivery that yes. um, is off the mark to me. Two minutes and five seconds to two minutes and 33 seconds. There's an instrumental break. We get pan claps, a guitar solo and a freaking xylophone solo <laughs> uh-huh. too. Yes. That kind of plays the melody of the song. Um, which again, to me, kind of just gives it, it gives it that, like you said, it's very high school musical yes. to me. Yes, yes. Or maybe younger than that, maybe elementary school musical. Sure. Tevin and Mavis sing together at three minutes and six seconds about there is a future, a future worth fighting for, and Mavis sings, I'm a living witness. Are are they mother and son in Graffiti Bridge? I want to say so. I think I Mavis know. calls like Tevin home for dinner or something. Okay. Anyway. Maybe mom, maybe auntie. Maybe so. Yeah. But at least we get a proper end. We do get a proper end and everybody wants to find Graffiti Bridge and there's like this big drum dramatic thing at the end that, you know, I can kind of picture in my head seeing it and everyone everyone stands up and cheers and Uh it would be very fun in a live setting watching a play i'm not sure if i agree but it wouldn't be worse (laughs) (laughs) and then we have the actual last track which is new power generation part two just right. sort of a reprise. Yeah, I would yeah. say reprise. That's yeah. a good way to, to think of it. It's like new power generation faded out and this fades back in mm-hmm. at the same spot. Right. Um, I'm not sure what the thinking was of kind of putting this at the very, very, very end. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like where I think the credits it, roll. I guess. But I mean, I think it would have been better to make it one track. Yeah. I think That's it would have worked better. Yeah. Um, there's an unreleased song called Ooby Doop. 
Okay. You get a sample of it from 34 seconds to 38 seconds. Ooh, be doo be shoo poop, new power shoo boo doop doop. Sort of like what it is. Uh, also from 43 seconds to 46 seconds, and then elsewhere in the song, too. Mm hmm. Did you notice how quickly Prince is there ready to respond to T.C. Ellis saying, kid, it's like at a minute, you hear T.C. Ellis call it, kid, so he, kid, yo, kid. <laughs> I mean, it's like Prince is, you know, not trying to hide the fact that he's sitting by the phone waiting for a call <laughs> and he's ready to answer like immediately. He answers, yo, at the speed of light. <laughs> We jokingly were talking about what our mountains and seas were earlier uh, this week. And uh, you had kind of jokingly said what your mountain is, and it was part of the song. Um, but I've, the more I listen to this, okay, I'm going to, I don't know if this is like, I wouldn't call it guilty pleasure because I don't go back and listen to this a lot, but I will have to say that... T.C. Ellis's rap here has a very Dougie Fresh quality about okay. it. And if I think it like about it like that, and a guy who's just there to be a party hype thing, uh-huh. then I'm okay with it in general, with okay. maybe one exception. But that's how I've tried to make peace okay. with T.C. Ellis's rap in the song, is to think of him as a Dougie Fresh rap Hype guy. We saw okay. Prince with Dougie Fresh uh-huh. at a, a concert. Yeah, in like in 1996, I think. Or 97, yeah, yeah, during the Jam of the Year tour and then a after show here in San Antonio. And to keep it fun and, you know, a casual, we're just jamming kind of thing, he was very effective. Uh-huh. And I kind of feel like that's what Prince was going for here. At least okay. That's, that's going to be my, the most kind review that I can probably give to, to this. Okay. But go ahead, let's hear it, Christy. Uh, well, because uh, Christy's joking mountain was <laughs> TC's rap. Yeah, well, because, you know, cocaine was a bad influence on his life, but success came when he abandoned the drugs. Yeah. And he did it all for Jesus. Yep. He did it for Jesus. I, it's kind of out of complete left Left field field too because Mm -hmm. you have this whole like drugs do not enter the picture in graffiti bridge and here like last song not even the last song like the last last refrain of a song Uh and all of a sudden it's like oh and don't do drugs peace Mm -hmm. (laughs) it does sample a little bit of love left love right i'm glad you heard that Yeah, which is a um, song that's on the maxi single for New Power Generation. Yep. At a minute and 42 seconds. Yep. Uh, we will cover that separately. Yes. You know, the song kind of comes to another probably over dramatic end, you know? <laughs> well, it's got this slowed down voice that New Power Generation has just taken control. And I'm like, that's it. That's the band now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But it also has like the the lapping water sound effect uh-huh. at the end also. The new power generation have just taken control. 
which is very similar to positivity from okay. Love Sexy. Yes. Love Sexy ended with lapping rushing water and Graffiti Bridge ends the same way. Okay. But it made me think of uh, the sounds that are supposed to be sexy, but just make you need to go to the bathroom. Oh, the environmental record? Uh-huh. That's very fair. So do you like environmental records? Crickets chirping, water rushing. Supposed to make you horny. Just make me want to go to the bathroom. Actually, this one's not bad. Check it out. Uh, This just seemed... I don't know. I mean, it's unnecessary kind enough. Okay. Uh, Yes. Unnecessary. Okay. And can there be a part two when the new power generation was not labeled part one? That's why I think it should be labeled Reprise. Okay. Either that or you label track two as part one. Okay. You can't have it both ways. Well, well, I mean, obviously you can. Maybe you shouldn't. I refuse to accept it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, why don't you tell me more about what you accept and refuse to accept in our selections? I'll be glad to. Three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. Yep. We choose a C, the low point. It's not necessarily bad, though it could be bad. It's just the thing that we liked the least. You're so nice. Usually it's the part that sucked, but go ahead. (laughs) And the mountain, the part that we liked the most. These are my rules, so I go first. The time capsule for me. Thieves in the Temple because it was on the radio all the time. This and Round and Round were the only songs I heard from this motion picture soundtrack for years. I think you are completely right. In fact, I think you're so completely right that I have the very same time capsule for the very same reason. Because I think it would be the only song on this entire album that a non-Prince fan might have heard on the radio before, at least if they were listening to the radio back in 1990. And yes, Round and Round would be the maybe the other exception, but those are the two uh, enduring tracks, but Thieves in the Temple was much, much bigger. So it got my time capsule nod. Very cool. Uh, the C for me, gosh, self-righteous rapping in New Power Generation Part 2. Again, like you said, superfluous is new power generation part two. We don't need it. Just end on the graffiti bridge musical number. Yeah. And uh, it would have been fine. Okay. Well, I'm a little ahead of you on this, at least track wise, because for me, it's easily graffiti bridge. Okay. Like I said, it's possible that I just dislike show tunes and this is maybe this is a truly wonderful show tune. But it's an awful Prince song. It's cheesy. <laughs> it's overworked. It is. And it reminds me exactly of why Prince didn't want to do We Are the World. Because uh, it's just, huh? it sounds just like this mess. Yep. And it is, I mean, I'm on board with you with New Power Generation Part 2. If I'm listening to Graffiti Bridge, normally I hit stop after Still Would Stand All Time. I don't okay. even need the title track. Yeah. It's, um, both seem unnecessary, although... New Power Generation Part 2 is even more unnecessary or right. less necessary, right. depending on your perspective. But you dislike. But I would, I would listen to New Power Generation Part 2 and give it the 
Doug E. Fresh Pass uh-huh. before. I mean, I don't know what is redeeming about Graffiti Bridge outside of the, yes, it is sweet and um, it's the come together, we're all so happy and we're going to interlock our hands and skip towards the sunset kind uh-huh. of thing. Right. Uh, but I can't find any other redeem. Oh. It's got to be. I got to, yeah. It's got to be in the top three worst Prince songs I could list. Okay. Easily. Okay. And it is a definite contender for numero uno. Oh, okay. Good to know. I mean, I agree. I I wanted so much more from the title track. You know, when you think of title tracks of albums for mm-hmm. Prince, usually, usually they're not my favorite song on the album, but they're also still a really strong track yeah purple rain yep gold yep you, uh, you know 3121 3121 you know there, there's lots of songs that an album is named after that are fine but on the good side of fine yeah and i was really i was disappointed this is by on like Bridge. the worst side of bad uh, yeah yeah um, Okay. Sorry. Uh, and especially when you think of title tracks from soundtrack albums by Prince. Yeah. Purple Rain, epic. Yeah. Under the Cherry Moon, an excellent title song. Yeah. I guess you could call Bat Dance sort of the title mm-hmm. track to the Batman motion picture soundtrack. Right. A lot of fun. Yeah. And you get to this, and it is easily the worst of the motion picture title tracks. And like I said, I would say this is the worst title track easily of any Prince album across 40 plus albums. Okay. That's fair. Did I make my selection clear enough? Do you, do you have any questions? I think you did. Okay. (laughs) So the mountain, now that we've talked about the thing we didn't like, let's talk about what we really liked. And it was always hard for me to choose because I really do love thieves in the temple, but I had to go with the dirty and, very, very fun, and a song I hadn't really heard, Tick, Tick, Bang. You hadn't really heard it? I had not really heard it. Then that must have been fun to discover. Oh, for you it was so fun. It was like a precursor to get off a little bit, in this theme, theme-wise. Sure. So I was like, yeah, Tick, Tick, Bang's where it's at. All right. I yeah. don't disagree. I know a lot of Prince fans who absolutely hate the song. Oh, well... But I think they're crazy. That's why we make these choices and they don't. (laughs) Get your own podcast, fools. Um, I don't argue with it at all um, with your selection. I love that song. Um, And for me, The Mountain was Thieves in the Temple, the last song recorded for the album. And I would say it's easily the best song on the album. We split this in two, so we got two mountains and two seas out of it. Mm -hmm. But my mountain and my sea from part two would be the same for the entire album. Okay. Um, I also am excited about Thieves in the Temple um, because, well, it was commercially successful, which, I mean, I don't really care, but I'm glad that it was. But it also yielded one of the best 12-inch versions in his entire catalog. Super cool. uh, Thieves in the Temple, which we'll cover. Um, and I think it's also a very overlooked Prince single that you never hear on the radio now. Right. Ever. Um, yeah. Which I find sad. Well, I mean, you don't listen to a lot of radio, so but I, I hear, occasionally will hear it. I hear Prince songs on the radio, though, mm-hmm. when I, for as little as I listen to the radio, you know, it's Jack FM or right. whatever that's hits of today and you know, playing, playing what we want, whatever. 
and I still hear a lot of Prince songs on the radio. Mm-hmm. That one, I, I mean, it was played into the ground in 1990, and I don't know that after January 1st, 1991, has any <laughs> radio station played it once? <laughs> if they have, I haven't heard it. Okay. I've heard it. I've if heard it. You've in heard the past, Thieves in the Temple in, on the radio. In the past five years, yes. Amazing. When I used to drive a lot more because the kids needed rides to and from school every day. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I've just missed it. That's right. Maybe I am just not a fan of show tunes and maybe Thieves in the Temple on the radio eludes me. Yeah. Those are both right. possible things. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us what we're for sure going to hear next time in preparation for this podcast. Well, it's not so much what we're going to hear, but it's what we're going to watch. Oh, yay! Do We Dare? It's uh-huh. the feature film. I okay. think that's the order we've got to do it in. Listen to the soundtrack. Excellent. Watch the movie. And then we can get into the rest of the music that um, was released and not released Okay. for the movie as well. So Super. we'll be watching Graffiti Bridge. I, it has to have been... I don't know that I've seen it since our son was born, and he's 17 and a half. Yeah. So we've got it on Blu-ray. Uh-huh. It's not even open. It's not. So, <laughs> so I look we're going to bust it out. Busting it out and watching it in glorious 1920 by 1080. <laughs> Maybe slightly better than that, because our DVD player will up, up uh, no, not upcycle. That's a different thing. <laughs> Uh, upcycle will upscales. be when we when we hang the Blu-ray <laughs> from a from a mobile. <laughs> oh, yes, well. actually, it's our Blu-ray player that That's will right. upscale it for our oh, 4K TV. You're right. You're right. But right. yeah, it should look good. Yes, I look forward to watching it uh, and revisiting it. It's going to be very nostalgic. Uh huh. Um, so. I'm sure there will be plenty of mountains and seas for us. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us that we don't just come on the radio and we really, really appreciate it. Tell a friend because it's always more fun when you can listen with a friend. And until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for tuning in. No, oh, wait. Welcome back to the mountains and the sea where we find the highs and lows of <laughs> <laughs> It's making faces at me. Yeah. <laughs> Chewing on the microphone. It's not true. <laughs>